if I'm as righteous as Christ, why do I need grace? That's what got you there. Welcome to the Grace Life Fellowship Podcast. On today's episode, we will be sharing the next edition of a segment called Conversations in Grace, in which members of our team here at GLF or friends of GLF have an unscripted conversation on important topics surrounding our new identity in Christ. We hope you enjoy it. Here's Jesse. Welcome, everybody. This is Jesse Sampson, and I'm uh, joined tonight with our lead pastor, Tim Chalice. Tonight, we're going to talk about righteousness. How you doing, Tim? I'm good. How are you doing, Jesse? You feeling righteous? I'm fe- well, I'm not feeling it. Yeah, but I you think, are it. <laughs> yeah, we are it. That's even better, huh? Well, that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, so I think the first thing that we should do is define it. Let's define what righteousness is, what it means, because I think that... Uh, just from my experience, that righteousness sometimes seems like it's, or it's seen as as a, a moral or religious quality of a person. Mm-hmm. And I think we need probably a better definition of it. What if we do like a real basic working definition? You know, there's it's not a word that we use every day unless we're watching like, here, this will date myself, Ferris Bueller's Day Off and <laughs> talk about a righteous dude. You know, when we think about righteousness, I like to tell people, um, this is the idea that in terms of your relationship with God, you're okay. You have mm-hmm. right standing with Him, right? He's holy and righteous, and He's perfect, and He's good. And to enter into a relationship with Him through Jesus Christ, God has made us holy and righteous yeah. and and good. And so it's it's the basic idea that as far as God is concerned, and that's what matters, I'm good, mm-hmm. Right. I'm good. And and so when we think about that and we think about righteousness, um, it's going to have a lot of implications in terms of uh, fundamental understanding about who we are, how mm-hmm. God not only sees us. I hear that a lot. You know, God sees you as righteous. Right. Well, of course he does, because right. God only sees what is. And um, and you is righteous, right? right? He made you righteous, and that's good news. Mm-hmm. And we... we... We also hear a lot of people say that you're clothed in the righteousness yeah. of Christ, right? Yes. And I'm not sure if that's, is that something that is biblical, well, like scriptural? You know, a lot of times we'll use the story in Luke 15 of the prodigal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was he was clothed in the in the robe um, when he returned. Right, and right. We, we or the wedding about, feast, the, yeah, the, gift, the, the, yes. the guest at the wedding feast clothed. Yeah, so and, I'm not, I don't think it's a bad idea to say we're clothed in righteousness. I just think it's it's limited if we only think it's external, right? When I think right, of right, clothing, right. I think of something I'm wearing. I don't necessarily think of being transformed from within. Right. So it's, it's greater than being clothed in righteousness. I would actually say being clothed in righteousness is the idea that what happens externally can now be righteous in my behaviors Mm -hmm. because I've been made righteous internally. So I guess we're kind of getting back to that, that dirty worm theology. Yes. Where you're only, you're only good enough to be clothed in the righteousness of Christ rather than actually being changed from the inside out, being a new creation. Yes. it's, It's so important that you talk about that because so many believers um, can can 
can stomach almost the idea, okay, so God sees me as righteous or he wrapped me in righteousness. Mm. Um, but if he, if he removes that, if he takes off the Jesus glasses that he's wearing and really sees me for who I really am, right. uh, he sees the dirty worm. He sees the sinner that I, that I still feel like I am. And, and the reality is, um, We've got to get beyond that. And and faith is is the key, right? I've got mm-hmm. to believe God by faith because the when we talk about being righteous, I mean, let's just throw it out there. How many of us, you asked me at the beginning, like feel, feel righteous? righteous. Right. <laughs> like if it's predicated on me feeling righteous, my answer is going to be I'm never righteous, yeah, yeah. right? And, and what should righteousness feel like? Yeah. You know, what would I limit that to? How would I right. explain that? So the reality is God says he made us in Christ. He made us righteous. And, and now I'm going to have a choice to make. Do I believe what God says even before I feel it or regardless of if I ever feel it? Mm-hmm. Is it true? And, and, and if we're going to look at the scriptures, we have been made righteous. Yeah. And, so, and saying that we're only clothed in the righteousness is almost, it's really taking away from the, um, the beautifulness of, of the of, of salvation and what Christ did. Like Second uh, Corinthians 5.21 says that for our sake, he was made to be sin who knew no sin so that we, so that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. Exactly. And for us to say anything less That's right. is really to take away from a, the, the gloriousness of, of salvation through Christ. That's right. That, that verse is, is, is one of the key verses to understanding this. He mm-hmm. made him who knew no sin. That's God made Jesus who knew no sin. He never sinned. He made him to become sin. I mean, that's a heavy, yeah. right? Not just to bear sin on the cross. We know he did that. No, he he became what we had become in right. Adam. God himself. Yes. And so this this is this is the great exchange, right? He became sin so that the purpose being so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. I mean, this is an incredible exchange. Our sin are being a sinner for his being righteous. Mm-hmm. And this is the gift of grace, right? Romans 5, 17, to those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. Yeah. Righteousness is not first an action. It is not a feeling. It is a gift given by Jesus who became sin on our behalf so that we then could become righteous, yeah. right? And and the quality of righteousness, because there's only one, is as righteous as him, Jesus himself, which is a radical concept, right? Right. Right. I mean, you are as righteous as Jesus. Yeah. So when we say uh, that we've been justified, or we talk about justification, yeah, is is that synonymous with righteousness? We're we're made righteous at the same time that we're justified. Yes, it's it's hand in hand. Ju- justified mm-hmm. is the idea that God declares me innocent, but right. even greater than that, right? He mm-hmm. he declared me more than innocent. He he more than just removed my guilt. He actually gifted me with something I never had before, which is his own righteousness. Yeah. This is the amazing effect of what God has accomplished through Jesus Christ. And you know it's amazing as as believers um, this is good news. Like, it's really good news if you think about it. Mm-hmm. How many times in our day do we feel um, like we're just not enough? We can't measure up or we're we're not adequate or God must be sorely disappointed in us because he's expected some sort of righteous activity from us and we've given him anything but that. And we can actually um, 
listen to the wrong voice, listen to the voice of the enemy here who, who would condemn us with the dangling carrot of become more righteous, get more righteous, get more holy. God is never saying that to the believer. God mm-hmm. is reminding the believer of how holy he is, how righteous he is in Christ. He's never saying get there because that would imply we're not. Right. And and the truth is in this great grace of God, we have been made righteous. Right. And it's, through one it, offering. Through one offering. Perfected. And it, it all was those who were being sanctified. Yes. You know, you, you've probably heard the term, well, God sees you as righteous. It's a it's a positional right, truth, sure. but but we all know our real condition, right? right? It's imparted. Yes. Yes. So God and imparted righteousness. He clothed you in righteousness. Right, right. But the reality is, well, we all know your real condition and it's it's not righteous. Come on. I, I saw you <laughs> yesterday. I saw you yeah. this morning. And, and then we can tend to believe that. And then we have this kind of dichotomy of, well, I'm I'm partly righteous and partly unrighteous, and we get this kind of dual nature idea, mm-hmm. and whichever one you feed, you we've all heard this kind of theology, right? Whichever nature you feed is the one that will rise to the top, and and so feed the good one and starve yeah. the bad one. And the reality is, if we're going to believe Jesus at its core, He's telling us there is no two nature deal. There yeah. is no good you and bad you. There's just the good you in Christ. Now we have experiences that might not be exactly what we want, but they don't change who we are. Right, right. Yeah, that's our behavior doesn't change who that's we are. That's right. Just yes. because we've we're we're we've got uh, this sin or that sin, it doesn't compromise our new nature. That's right. That's it, that's it can't. That's as secure as what Jesus has done, right, right? right? And when we talk about positional truth versus conditional, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm always amazed when we when we start talking about identity in Christ, which is the topic of righteousness, right? We are righteous in Jesus Christ. That's our new identity. Um, when people try to say that's a positional thing, not condition, uh, I'm always amazed. I just ask them, "Have you were you a sinner?" And they say, "Yes." You know, even in the present tense, "Oh, I'm still a sinner." You should see me. You know. Uh, I, Nobody's ever confused whether they were just positionally sinners, right? They right. believe they were actually sinners. And so that would say if you're actually a sinner in Adam, but you're only positionally righteous in Christ, yeah. that would mean that Adam's work is actually more effective yeah. than yeah. Jesus's. Uh, Farley has a great quote. He says, our righteousness is as real as our slavery to sin was. That's right. And that's yeah. kind of like what yeah. you're Andrew saying. Andrew Farley. Yeah. Andrew Farley, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. So, I know. He's, he's I don't know a if we can, can we quote him here? No, I get it. So, yeah, no, and Andrew's right because, because Romans 5 is all about this. The second half of Romans 5 from verse 12 to the end of the chapter is a comparison between what Adam did, the one work of Adam, mm-hmm. versus the one work of Jesus and which right, one is greater. And the theme in Romans chapter 5 is much more. What Jesus did is much greater than what Adam did. So if we're willing to say that we were actual sinners, then the moment we receive Jesus Christ, we have to be willing by faith to say we're actually righteous. Right. It's a forensic change. Yeah, yeah, it, like it becomes that. forensic or objective. It's right. it's transformational. It's subjective. It's within the believer. Th- this is Colossians. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Yeah. Right? Christ, the objective truth of all creation. He is the way, the truth, and the life. But in you, the subjective reality of your own experience. 
right? right? It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. So it's it's not just a forensic or objective idea. It Certainly it includes that. That's the idea God sees you as righteous. When people tell me that, they say, oh, I know, yeah, God sees me that way. They're really kind of going, but. Right. I go, well, of course he sees you that way because, not but, because he made you that way, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, and he doesn't see some dirty worm behind the Jesus glasses. He sees the righteousness of who he made Jesse Sampson to be, and that's a glorious thing. Amen. That's good news. So I kind of wanted to touch on the the difference between imparted righteousness and imputed righteousness, just because I've heard both of them taught in the past, and I think it's worth um, going over that and seeing which one sure. we really fall under, right? Was it imparted to us? Um, Augustine goes into it a lot, and um, he says that that impart if you're imparted righteousness, it, it's it's a work done by the Holy Spirit to enable your sanctification. So it's more like being covered, I would say, or being clothed in the righteousness mm-hmm. of Christ. But to say that something's been imputed, it's actually been. Um, given we've been given the righteousness of Christ, and I think that's more biblical, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I, I, you know, I tend to be a lot of times this this idea rather than either or that it might be a better idea to think both and. So if somebody asked me, you know, it, it's a major, it's a matter of emphasis. If somebody said, "Well, we're only been imparted righteousness," I want to go wait a second, hold on. Certainly, we were imparted righteousness because mm-hmm. how can you be imputed righteousness without it being imparted, right? So I go rather than an either or, because we tend to fall off into a ditch somewhere. We tend to limit what the gift is. Well, certainly we are clothed in righteousness because we've been made righteous. Um, and 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 really, I think about it this way: when when Jesus came to live inside the believer, right? The moment you received Christ by faith, he came to live in you, the Bible says, right? He inhabits you by his spirit. Um, That's an inward transformational change that happens within the believer. Now we understand this or we reckon this by faith, meaning we may not feel, I mean, how how do you feel the presence of the Holy Spirit, the creator of the universe in his spirit within your human spirit. How do you ex- how do you explain what that's supposed to feel like? I wouldn't have any idea. Um, but I believe it's true. And mm. so there's been an inward change that is rock solid and true. But man, this this outward shell didn't necessarily look any differently the moment that happened. Right. So, so you're you're you would be um Sanctification would be happening on the outside. Yeah, is that so, how you would say it? And then, yeah, you're you're talking sanctification. I mean, let's define it for for people out there because yeah, that's sure. not that's not an everyday word, right? Um, the the idea of sanctification is being made holy, mm-hmm. right? Um, and and people ask me all the time, is is that a one time finished act or is that an ongoing process? Yeah. And Another both-and. It's a both-and, yeah. I tell them. (laughs) So the way I illustrate it is, look, I'm married. I've been married for 20 years, and it started with a one-time finish act called the wedding. And from that moment on, I have been married. And every day since, I am being married. But the only way I am being married is because there was a one-time finish act of being married. So you are married. You 
will be married or has, how did you say yeah, that I, one time? I, I am married, married and I, I shall be married right. and I, w- I am being married. You're being married and you will be yes. married. <laughs> so the, the only way I'm, be- I'm, I'm becoming more holy is in my attitudes and actions because God has already made me holy or the topic of tonight. He's, he's made me righteous, right? right? Holy means set apart. Righteous is I'm, I am completely good in standing with God. And it has nothing to do with my feelings or behavior or attitudes or actions or upbringing. It has nothing to do with that. The reason I am in right standing with God is because by faith, Jesus Christ has entered into me and he has gifted me with that. And Mm -hmm. so I am righteous. And when people ask how righteous, as righteous as Jesus gave it. Right. right or made me, and that is completely righteous. There's only one kind of righteousness, and it's His. Right. Everything else is either a self or false righteousness. Mm-hmm. Right? It's yep. it's as Paul says, it's dung. Right? Yeah. So we're as righteous as Christ because that's what He made us, and yeah. that's very humbling to say. By the way, it yeah, feels sure. prideful. People will go, "Oh, who do you think you are?" And I want to go, "I know, yeah. isn't it crazy? <laughs> I'm His child." Yeah. It's humbling to admit what we've been given by God. Yeah. So let me ask you this. If, if, I'm, if I'm as righteous as Christ, why do I need grace? That's what got you there. <laughs> <laughs> right, but why do, I, why do I need it ongoing after I've You're been justified why, If I'm as righteous as right. Jesus, then why do, I, why do I have any issues in walking it out? Well, no, I, I think, yeah, I mean, I, I guess there's a whole area there we could talk about how... Um, well, we know that sin doesn't compromise our righteousness, right. doesn't compromise our, our new identity. Right. But uh, this drawing near to the throne of grace, it, like we see in, uh, I, what is that? Why do I continually need grace if I'm holy, perfect, and righteous like Christ? Well, and because, because grace from Titus 2 is, is Jesus, Right, it's it's synonymous with the person of Jesus. So Titus two says, I think it's verse eleven somewhere in there. For the grace of God has appeared, appeared, bringing salvation to all men. The grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation. John one says that grace that that the law came through Moses and grace was realized through Jesus Christ. Jesus and grace are synonymous. And grace not only saves me, brings salvation, but it also teaches me to live righteously and soberly in this present age. Mm-hmm. So it's not just something to get me to heaven. It's something to get heaven to be experienced through me while I live on this earth. Grace mm-hmm. is, the, is the person of Jesus Christ. So when we are sanctified, being sanctified and will be sanctified... The part where it says being sanctified is where we need the grace. Yeah, but 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 again, we're 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 using it in terms of, um, you know, almost like a doctrine idea. Like grace is this this thing, and I want to encourage us to to think of grace as the relationship, the person of Jesus Christ. And so so when you ask why do I need grace, I'd go. Why do we need Jesus? And and mm-hmm. and and not just for save me, Jesus, because He certainly does that. But how about for God so loves us, right? We love him because he first loved us, that God has invited us and we've entered into this loving relationship because of the finished work of Jesus. And I would ask maybe not why do we need it, but that's what we really want, isn't it, right? Mm-hmm. That's what, isn't that what we really want, to be in a relationship where we're perfectly loved for who we are 
not because we're acting like it perfectly all the time. You know, my kids, my kids want their dad to love them. And if I only loved them because they could make their bed properly or at all, or because they pick up their <laughs> shoes or did their homework or ate their broccoli, if I loved them on the basis of the things that they did well, it'd be conditional. Yeah. They are asking, and not in theological ways, but in relational ways, Dad, you, you love me no matter what, huh? And I'm like, this is just a taste of glory divine in that relationship to understand how God loves us no matter what. Yeah. So being a slave to sin in the past, we're now slaves to righteousness. Yes, that's what Paul says in Romans 6. And he yeah. says, I'm speaking in human terms. It's not like you don't really have a choice. You get a choice who you obey. Sure. And he says, guess what? You've been given a new heart that is obedient. You want to obey God. Right. Believe it or not, <laughs> right? I don't care how you feel at any given moment. I mean, he cares, but he's saying, regardless of how you feel at any given moment, if you know who you are in Christ, you really want to Trust God. That's who you are. And you'll never be at home not living there. Yeah. Amen. We've been made that righteous. It's awesome. Good news. Thanks, Tim. Thank you. That does it for this week's conversation. We'll be back again next Friday with another edition of Conversations in Grace. If you're enjoying the podcast, please let us know by leaving us a rating or a review and consider donating at gracelifefellowship.org slash donate. We'll be back again next Tuesday as Pastor Frank continues his series on Galatians. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.